Hi, welcome back to Weber County's Greatest Generation. And today we have another story of a Weber County boy who was serving in the Philippines on December 8, 1941. This is such a long story that we're going to do it in two parts, so we will start part one. Lyle Germer Knudsen was born on June 20, 1920, a son of Louis and Nellie Germer Knudsen in Portage, a little town in Box Elder County. He was the fifth child with three older brothers, Leland, Asel, and Eldon, and an older sister, Idila, and a younger brother, William. He grew up on the family wheat farm. His father, Louis, died in 1935. He graduated from Bear River High School in 1938, and his mother, Nellie, moved the family to 2562 Van Buren in Ogden. Private Knutson's story will end differently from the others that we've told, and so we're going to start at the end and work backwards. So we're going to start with a newspaper article from the Standard Examiner on November 15, 1944, entitled, Ex-Captive Home from Islands. Private Lyle Knutson, 24, son of Mrs. Nellie Knutson, one of 83 American prisoners of war rescued in the Philippines several weeks before the invasion by General MacArthur's troop, is now in Ogden visiting relatives and friends. Following a 30-day furlough, he believes he will be sent to a rest camp in California prior to being reassigned to active duty. Private Knudsen was among survivors of a Jap transport sucked by an American submarine while prisoners were being transported north. Through the Philippine waters, many other American prisoners were shot in the water and at least 30 were brutally executed, according to reports received from the War Department. Private Knudsen enlisted in the Army Air Corps in 1940 and trained at Marchfield, California and in New Mexico. He was stationed at Clarkfield in the Philippines at the time of the attack on Pearl Harbor and was taken prisoner when Corregidor fell. He had been a captive for two and a half years. So as one who survived the prison camp, he was able to tell his story. So we will hear most of it from him. He begins his story before the war started when he and his best friend worked for the Union Pacific Railroad. Keith Conley, a friend of mine, convinced me to join the Army Air Force with him. We enlisted at Fort Douglas on August 10, 1940. We both had high hopes of becoming pilots. Keith did, but I was disqualified as my test scores were lower than required. Keith and I had similar experiences on opposite sides of the world. Keith was shot down over Europe and became a prisoner of war in Germany. My unit was sent to the Philippine Islands, and when our forces surrendered, I became a POW. So he is sent to the Philippines about a year before Pearl Harbor. And the tension had been growing with the Japanese, and the military was making plans in case of war. His story is going to be a little bit different from the others because he doesn't ever go to Bataan or Corregidor. He is going to go south to another Philippine island where he will surrender. Clark Airfield is about 37 miles from Manila, and on December 8th, they had about 142 aircraft available. Private Knutson tells us a little bit about getting to Clark Field. A rush effort had been made to make accommodations. The barrack floors were constructed of wood planks about 18 inches above the ground. The walls and windows were made of thatched bamboo. The roof was made of bamboo covered with tin. Each bunk had a mosquito net that could be rolled up during the day. The weather was warm and comfortable except for the mosquitoes. Small lizards were always climbing up the walls and occasionally we would see hideous looking spiders. Not long after we got there, our crew started to arrive with our planes. Construction crews built large dirt barricades just off the taxi strip near the jungle. 
The planes would taxi to their location and then were then pulled backwards into their shelter. The base had one large hangar that could accommodate one bomber and two or three P-40s at the same time. And now we come to December 8th. Just an FYI, all attacks took place at approximately the same time, but because of the international dateline, the Pearl Harbor attack was on December 7th. The planes now at Clark are lined up, and it reminds me of how the planes were lined up at Hickam Field in Pearl Harbor, and they're going to be destroyed very quickly. So going back to Private Knudsen's story, early December 8th, 1941, the base was placed on alert. When I entered the mess hall, I could hear a radio playing, and everyone was listening to a commentator reporting that Japanese planes had destroyed a fighter base and other military installations in and around Manila. He also reported that a Japanese invasion force had landed on the island of Luzon, the largest island where Manila is located, and received very little resistance. I looked up just in time to see a group of planes in perfect formation coming toward the airfield. I assumed these were our Navy planes and thought, wow, what great timing. Seconds later, I heard a loud explosion and black smoke appeared where headquarters had been located. Bombs began to hit the hangar and runway. I ran to the other end of the hangar and found a drainage ditch just outside and crawled into a culvert that went under the road. Bombs were landing everywhere and I could hear them hitting the road above me. Immediately after the bombs subsided, I crawled out of the culvert. A large ditch about eight feet deep had been excavated and I ran to it, arriving just before the first group of enemy planes appeared and began strafing. They were flying very low and seemed to converge on all of our bombers. Some of the group in the ditch had rifles and they were shooting at the planes as they flew over the ditch. The raid lasted about half an hour. I don't believe the Japanese lost one single plane. So after the attack, they were told to salvage anything that they could from the barracks and they were moved to a large plantation a short distance from the base. He writes, even though it wasn't fancy, at least we had a roof over our heads and were away from the base. A later attack damaged Clark beyond repair, and the Japanese invasion force was rapidly approaching. They were told to get their personal items, and he said, we loaded our belongings on a 1929 model flatbed truck. I took my clothing, shoes, blankets, mess kits, canteens, and toilet articles, thinking I would come back for the rest. And this would be where they spent the last few weeks before Christmas. This was my first Christmas away from home. The kitchen personnel prepared one of the best meals we had received in a long time. We could hear firing in the distance, and we knew that our forces were offering strong resistance. After Christmas, they left the plantation on trucks, and he says it wasn't long before we arrived at a coast. A ship was anchored there, and we were told to get aboard. This didn't take too long, and we were moving out to sea. The next morning, we dropped anchor between two small islands. We were given large tops with which to camouflage the deck and also provide some cover for us. At sundown, we were ready to depart. The motors were started, the anchor was raised, and music was playing over the loudspeakers. I noticed people looking toward the sky. There were three planes approaching us. They flew over, then circled back, and went into a dive, dropping bombs. Bombs exploded in the water next to me, but caused no real damage. I was laying on the deck near a large pile of rope, and I remember trying to cover myself with the rope, waiting for the second attack. The ship's loudspeaker was still playing, I don't want to set the world on fire. One bomb damaged the ship, and the alarm to abandon ship was ringing, and the music was still playing. I was afraid that those planes would return to start strafing. I decided to leave the ship. I ran to the deck railing and jumped. It was 20 to 30 feet to the water, and the planes continued their way out of sight. I swam to the nearest island with many others. 
The ship had been damaged, but it was still seaworthy. The Philippine Islands are made up of thousands of islands, and they are going to move 704 miles south of Clark, which is on the Luzon Island where Manila is. They're moving south to the island of Mindanao, and he talks about the B-17 bombers that would fly from an airbase in northern Australia. And this is the same airbase where Major Floyd Pell was killed in February, where they had been refueled and loaded with bombs to return. He says that it was always at night, and every time a B-17 departed back to Darwin, the more valuable personnel would be on it. He says our unit was rapidly shrinking. The command changed until there was only one ranking NCO, who was the mess sergeant. So I found this interesting, too. Remember, we talked about how um, President Roosevelt had told General MacArthur that he needed to get to Australia, and he had left the island of Corregidor on a PT boat. So here is the rest of that story of where he went. One night, as he was on guard duty, he saw three PT boats arrive. Early in the morning hours, I heard a loud noise approaching. I became nervous with fright. As it came closer, I could make out three naval craft. As soon as they reached the dock, they cut their motors, and I could see men jumping out. Two vehicles started backing down the dock toward their location when a sergeant motioned to me to come and help load luggage onto a truck. I noticed that some of the luggage was marked with gold lettering and looked very expensive. Once the vehicles were loaded with people and the luggage on the trucks, they quickly left. I soon discovered that this was General Douglas MacArthur and that the PT boats had picked him up at Corregidor. They had traveled all night to get to our spot. The trucks were dispatched to the airstrip at the Del Monte Plantation where a B-17 was waiting to take them to Australia. So that was in March of 1942, and he talks a little bit about what's going on until May. Basically, they weren't doing a lot of fighting. They were just moving around and trying to survive, but supplies were running out. So now we come to May 4th when General Wainwright had surrendered to the Japanese on the island of Corridor. One day, a Japanese plane flew over and dropped leaflets that contained a message signed by General Wainwright. It asked all the commanders of the American and Filipino units to surrender to the Japanese. Bataan and Corregidor had surrendered, and this order was given to protect the health and welfare of these soldiers. It took approximately 24 hours to authenticate the message and receive the surrender instructions. We were instructed to assemble in a large open grove and discard all of our weapons and ammunition. Our commander told us that no member of the unit would be forced to surrender, and if we wanted to, we were free to take any available items, including food, medicine, and weapons. At this time, Private Knudsen and several others decided that they would try to survive in the mountains instead of becoming prisoners of war. And as they were leaving, a chaplain stopped them and told them that he thought they were making a mistake. He said they would be facing the dangers of starvation, sickness, and unfriendly natives. And he told them that a bounty would probably be offered by the Japanese for information on their location or even their death. So Private Knutson said, our plans changed after this encounter. All of our weapons were thrown into a large pile located at one end of the grove. The Philippine soldiers were assembled on one side and the Americans on the other. When darkness arrived, not one Japanese soldier had been sighted. However, the next morning we were surrounded, and it is difficult for me to comprehend the events that would start the next morning. So this is the end of part one. He will be staying in a Japanese prison camp until he will be moved to Japan also. However, his ship will be attacked by an American submarine. And the story continues. 
So thanks for listening. Come back next week to hear part two of Private Lyle Knutson's experiences as a POW in the Philippines.